0: you're listening to the gamesindustry.biz podcast I'm Rebecca Valentine and I'm joined today by
1: Brendan Sinclair at Chris String
0: this is a special non-weekly episode of our usual podcast because there has been some pretty big news and Chris I believe that you may have broken that story
2: yes uh well it's would you like to tell us about it it's the most simple story in the world PlayStation for the second year in a row are not attending E3 um this year and it's a big time to do it because last year at least they didn't really have much to talk about they didn't have many games coming out so they're missing e3 although a bit of a shame to those who went wasn't the end of the world this year is the year they're launching the playstation 5 they have launched they have gone to e3 of every major console they're planning to launch that year before um, and so this is a uh, including the very first playstation for the u.s launch was at a very famously very famous speech playstation made at that and um and here we are and now the ps5 will not be getting an e3 showing uh so it's a bit of a big deal. it's a bit of a big move from playstation and it's a bit of a blow for e3 before they've even revealed what to expect from the event this year
0: chris did they say why they were missing e3 for a second year
2: um so sort of they basically said the vision the, they, it didn't seem like the right vision for what playstation want to do playstation last year made comments about how they wanted e3 to be more of a fan celebration ea says the same EA hasn't gone to e3 since 2016 they've been saying the same thing basically and um and so um uh, and they, they said they're going to hundreds they say hundreds of consumer events around the world instead or, or uh, they didn't say instead but, just, but that's what they're planning on doing this year to get their console in the hands of gamers um so i guess whatever it is e3 are planning and we don't know yet they haven't we've there's lots of reports out there um but nobody's actually um uh uh, uh, they haven't actually said what the plan is for this year um whatever it is playstation just aren't on board
0: Um, yeah the reports were something like they're going to focus on making it like an kind of an experience basically with like influencers and uh opportunities what what, there's like a particular phrasing around if i remember right activations that's the word yeah just basically things to do while you're standing in line which i have always thought since that came out i thought that was very funny because you know we we go to pax like gamer network is you know owned by the same people that own pax so i guess there's my disclosure there but i you know i've been to two paxes now and those are consumer focused events fine great i love them they're great there's a bunch of games around and you can go play them they're not trying to get my attention with influencers and celebrities and whatever else they're trying to do and so i i mean i don't know specifically the reasons why sony's skipping but if they looked at this particular plan i could see why maybe they'd go you know this isn't quite what we want to do
2: yeah and, and to be fair it does say this says something about both about e3 and about sony itself so you know it, it, there, there are two sides to this and and e3 and i do actually really feel for the ESA because we critic, we can criticize them for many things i guess but the with e3 they are in a. I used to run a, a when i in my previous job i used to run the awards called the mcv awards and every single year we would you know the awards were left fewer and fewer people were going it was a retail and publishing awards The publishing industry was shrinking the retail industry was disappearing so we were you know we were trying to think how do we evolve these awards how do we keep them relevant and we'd send out this survey and we'd say right what do you want from the awards what do you want and half the surveys would come back with change everything radically change it make it completely different another half of the surveys were don't change a thing we love it and as and as and if you think about it from a business perspective if you radically change it like you think like, like the people who don't go are saying um you might bring those people in but you might deter all the people who are currently are paying your bills <laughs> not to come and i think that's the trouble that esa have like right? they've got a group of people the eas and the playstations that want this to be a full-on consumer server comic-con sort of thing and then you've got on the other side you've got i don't know square enix and take two and, and maybe ubisoft and xbox going you know actually we, we kind of like the sort of balance you've got it as it is um and if you end up trying to please one group you might end up unha- making the other happy and, and you almost get into this almost you almost become paralyzed by the ability to do things you end up making tweaks instead of radical changes and you kind of end up not satisfying anybody and it's a really difficult situation to get out of and it it will require some leadership and some bravery i think but then you know we don't know what e3 are planning this year we're talking about influencers um and that kind of stuff it sounds like they might be going down the media route which which sort of makes sense because you talked about packs actually and i say this in the opinion piece consumer events you know e is a terrible consumer event i went to E3 the last year as a as a games journalist i saw lots of awful well i but i saw lots of you know games and stuff but if i was a consumer queuing for hours and hours and hours to watch someone else play cyberpunk it would be a terrible it wouldn't be a great experience and there's nothing else to do except that really um there's a jeff Keighley did his his coliseum and stuff there was a little, few little bits but pax has you know retro zones entire areas dedicated to board games they have tons of retail they have the panels um, they have pa- loads of panels lots and lots of panels panels all over the place niche panels fan panels community panels panels everywhere and then they've got a, they've got a room dedicated to steel battalion they've got a room dedicated to Mario Kart they've got they've just got everything so you know yes you can queue up for ages to play the new game that's coming out at Christmas but then you can hang out with your friends so that, that cosplay competition or go check out that esports tournament there's always something for someone to do there's a lot of stuff and it's a great thing and um, E3 to do that would it would basically fundamentally change everything about that event. And that's a big ask to do for an event that's been going for 25 years and has a dedicated audience of people, albeit one that seems to be getting smaller.
0: Yeah, I just think it's kind of a tall ask. Like when you're, again, I'm referring to the the E3 plans that got leaked, I believe, over to at Game Daily, um, but those. Looking at those, they seem to be planning these changes around the idea of people standing in line for a very long time. Like, they're just kind of assuming out of the gate that people are just going to be standing in line for hours and hours. And so they want to give... People something <laughs> to look at while they're standing in line, and I think that if you're operating a consumer show on the premise that people are going to be in line for hours, then you've already made kind of a mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well,
2: yeah, yeah. You need to, you need, yeah, you need to do those other stuff. And actual fact, you know, I think with Breath of the Wild, so don't even when the Breath of the Wild was at E3, which was also 2016, and I don't think that was a, um, I don't think that was even a consumer year. But there's something about how that queue was closed after 15 minutes. They closed the queue after mm-hmm. 15 minutes because it yeah, was already full up for the whole day. And, like, yeah, and the... since
0: then, Nintendo's had to, like, do different things at E3 to sort of manage its lines. Like, they have this pass thing now you can sign up for ahead of time. There, there's other things that they do to kind of manage that. It doesn't really solve the problem of their extremely long line, but it does It does kind of help, I guess. But Nintendo's also a bit of an outlier. Like, Nintendo goes to PAX, Nintendo goes to any major event, and they end up with just lines going out of the building. That's yeah. an exaggeration, but they're pretty
2: but yeah, cool. yeah, but e- E3 doesn't have anything else. That's the thing. They don't have... Right. They don't have anything else to do. You, you have, you know, you queue up, you play Zelda, you go home. Well done. Um, and and as a result, as a result, I, but as I say, in my, book, I do think E3 is a great event, though. Just, just for everyone else at home, I actually think it's a better event at home than it is to be there. Um, and that's not a criticism.
1: In the last few years, they have been like you. You mentioned the Coliseum thing, which is actually sort of offsite. Um, but they've been like, there's been a, a growing uh, number of retailer booths. Um, and that's you know that's a, like a big part of consumer shows and and there's things like the uh, the the arcade museum, the video game museum, something that's always like my favorite booth of the show because you just go there and play a bunch of old arcade games and, and consoles and stuff. But like it's it definitely feels caught between the model that it used to have that's that's not really working or as necessary anymore and kind of wanting to, to switch to that fan thing. But, I mean, so much of the appeal for the fans is from what E3 used to be. Like, it, it used to be the the center of the gaming calendar when everyone would announce their big stuff and no one would even consider, like, just taking a powder for two years in a row, especially not when you've got a new console to announce. And it's not right. it's not going back to that, I guess, is, is the... The takeaway I get from Sony's move this year,
2: it is still that week, right? It's still that there is no week like it, and I think it's interesting. I was Fansense has sent me some data about YouTube videos, so YouTube videos with E3 in the headline, the top ten games that had E3 in the headline, so Cyberpunk Dash E3 or whatever. Out of those ten games, like four hundred and twenty million people watched um, those videos, and if you compare the same that same data with Gamescom, the number goes down to fifty-five million. And that's uh, and it just go and Gamescom's like even views as the nearest competitor. E3 is on another level, Um, and also the the world's media goes to it. So it's still I think it's still got that thing, and particularly from people at home. I know someone I don't know him well, but I know someone who actually sets out a schedule for his E3 week. You know, uh, this is when I'm watching the conference. This is when I'm watching the Nintendo Treehouse. This is when I'm watching the uh, the Colosseum, and this is when I'm going to go on the forums and start debating it. It's actually quite a i can imagine if you if you if you were really into it you could really approach e3 as a great event you don't actually have to leave the house for um but um but you can't monetize that there's no money in that you know esa can't make money out of that they make money out of booths um and marketing and stuff like that and uh, ultimately you know there's only so much money you can make out of yeah an ad before for a live stream and i think that's the um I think that's where the challenge lies. Is where they're going to, where how they're going to replace that lost Sony revenue. Um, and by the sounds of it, judging by their statement they released, it's going to be sort of external brands um, or new brands, people who are who want to work with games but aren't actually in games currently. I suspect the likes of Monster and those sort of things. So, um, which is interesting. It's not very exciting, but it's, um, but uh, yeah, it's really interesting. But I think as well as it's saying stuff about E3, because I so say we don't really know, you know, the plans changed since that day, game Daily Leak. Um, is it also says a lot about I think where PlayStation are and what they're up to because this they've it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a. They've been quite conservative with their PR strategy around PlayStation. I say conservative because it's working. Right, you saw the five million people, that five point two million people on Instagram who liked the PS Five logo, which is the same. They revealed a logo. I mean, who? I mean, it's the logo, and it's the same it's as the, the same logo. Yeah, yeah it's the same <laughs> logo. But it, people lapped it up. There, millions of people. When they, they announced the name of the console was called PlayStation Five. Well, of course it's called PlayStation Five. What else is it going to be called? We've been calling it PlayStation Five for years, and yet, and yet Sony announced it, and suddenly it becomes the biggest story of the month. And it's just it's just such a um and it's just that's how much excitement a PlayStation is. We saw we can see it when we do a PlayStation story. We did Jim Ryan interview in November. It was like our most one of our most popular features of the entire year. It's just that that's the that's the um that is the PlayStation power. It really is. It's massive. They don't need to go to E3. But um and as a result, I, I do actually wonder if you know not only do they not need to go to E3, I do actually wonder if there's actually a risk to go into E3. They don't need to take, you know, like um. I, I, this is not This is a really cruel comparison because I don't think PlayStation will thank me for comparing them to it. But in the UK, um, over Christmas, the Conservative government... There was, was an election. And the Conservative government were ahead in the polls. They were the favourites to win the election. And um, uh, during that election campaign um uh, there were a few big media opportunities. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, the head of the Conservative Party, was supposed to do, and he backed out of them and there were quite contentious potentially contentious media appearances and he didn't do them he just didn't he didn't go to them he didn't face those journalists and a lot of people criticized it for him but I guess the thinking was why risk why risk putting ourselves out there in front of somebody that you know why why take the gamble when we're so far in the lead all, all we can do is all this all this media appearance could do is potentially harm us, so why would we why would we risk that? So he didn't do well, it. And um,
1: I mean, it's it's one thing with an election. I mean, people kind of, they know who Boris Johnson and the conservatives are, and they're, they're going to vote one way or the other, I guess, or not vote on the day. But, like, you can't launch a console without actually telling people, like, yeah, here's why you would want to buy the console and how much it is and all that. So all they're doing yeah. is kicking the can down the road a bit.
2: Yeah, and but also avoiding those direct comparisons, right? And it's not just... I'm not just
1: saying they're that, not, you know, maybe They're the peer- not avoiding direct comparisons. As soon as they announce anything, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, what's Microsoft doing?
0: Yeah. I but- do want to... So, hold on. I want to go back, because, Chris, you, you just said a whole lot of things. And one of the things that you talked about was how E3 is, you know, this whole... It's this whole big week. It's this whole, like, digital experience for a lot of people. And... My prediction, based on nothing really, is that Sony is skipping E3 in the sense that they are not doing anything on the show floor, they are not doing anything partnered with the ESA, but surely they're going to do some sort of digital presentation the week of E3, because because E3... Yes, E3 by definition is this event that the ESA puts on that takes place in Los Angeles and is this whole thing. But E3 for most people just sitting around playing games, watching at home, is the full week, including a bunch of stuff that is not actively tied to E3. Like EA Play is not branded. It has nothing to do with E3 like on paper, but it's in my brain, it's part of E3 because yeah. it's just, it's sort of tied to all that hype. To, to and people. so I don't think Sony's like, you know, just sort of vanishing from this week entirely. That whole week is not going anywhere. That whole week is this, you know, huge opportunity for everybody to just announce a bunch of games because they know people are looking around saying, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? And so I, I bet you anything they're not jumping out of this whole week of nonsense. They're just... They're staying away from the ESA in a very particular well, way this year.
2: I so I, I maybe and you're right they could do that like e, 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 if they did something like EA Play that could that could work and you're right the people at home E3 is a uh, is it doesn't they don't care if it's down the road they don't care if it's in the Los Angeles Convention Center or in the Microsoft Theater that stuff's meaningless to them um, so it only really bothers the ESA and those of us have to go for all the security checks but the um, but but to to sort of. Uh, to to your point with the um, with PlayStation is that oh, ultimately let, let's say they do do a conference but they don't do a, a presence at E3 or, or they do a video a state of play video and um Xbox responds to it on the show floor at E3 and Sony's not responding to that do you know because E3 is a bit of a fast moving thing right they they it, it starts off at the conference conference with the big announcements and then, then we see the, the the aftermath happens and that's when all the coverage happens and and if Xbox end up controlling the voice the the the, the, the narrative post the conferences that's not something that that's not a good necessarily a, a, a good pr move if I, I mean playstation perhaps could go before e3 or after e3 and and avoid a little bit of that um but um yeah i don't know if they would or wouldn't i mean they could do and as you rightly said um uh if even if they if they could put on a state of play of it and, and they could camp up in the marriott and the, and the hotel next door and just having meetings and interviews and a bit of a few demos over there and they don't have to go to the LACC. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't know if that's Sony's style. I don't think they're devolver digital, but, um, okay. Devolver digital uh, camps but, out in a yeah. parking
0: lot with beer and a hot air balloon. So let's, yeah. that's, that's a distinction.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I just don't know if Sony, I don't know. if it's, I, don't think, I don't think it's a good look the company you no
0: i don't it. think they'd camp out in a marriott but i i bet you anything so last year they skipped e3 and they still dropped I, I know they dropped like a big death stranding trailer like right before e3 and i can't remember what else they did like i think they i think they had i think a lot of their third party partners were still doing things yeah um uh, no. but I, I i very much suspect that i i don't think we're gonna see them camped out in a marriott but i i think that we're gonna see some sort of digital presentation where they show off a bunch of games or or do something within that week or slightly before that week just to get people kind of hyped up and then you know they'll do their own event where they invite whoever they want out to see the hardware and like they don't need they don't need to to tie themselves specifically to the conference floor to take advantage of e3
1: that kind of bothers me like it's one thing when devolver digital says you know that what you're charging us to get into the lacc and be part of e3 proper is ridiculous and we can't afford it um but when ea when when sony when major publishers decide like we're we're going to benefit from that halo effect of e3 we're going to be part of the the conversation this week and do a big activation uh we're we're going to have our briefing (laughs) our big conference and and then they they don't contribute to you know e3 itself like that's that just seems to be kind of antithetical to what the ESA is supposed to be. And especially because, you know, EA and Sony are actually members of the Entertainment Software Association. And uh, looking at in previous years, actually, I I'm, I'm, don't have the most recent tax forms here, but in previous years, E3 brought in about half of the ESA's revenue for the year, Like, more than membership dues and rating fees combined. And, like, that's the whole point of the ESA is that working together, these companies can work in the entire industry's interest and make things better for everyone involved in in electronic entertainment. Now, all of the member companies, at least, and when when you have, you know, EA and Sony and, and the like checking out of E three, checking out of the the single biggest event that gives the ESA so much of its relevance uh in, in public perception, you're I mean they're still paying member dues, but I feel like they are they are undermining the value of something that they still obviously want to like benefit from and capitalize on that's why you have ea play but they're they're hurting it by starving it of whatever you know money that they would have paid for for having booths on the floor and and it makes the entire show just feel less you know impressive less bombastic like that that show floor last year was just kind of it was sagging for me. And when you look around and it's like, Hey, there's no Sony booth here. What is there instead? Oh, Geico gaming. Oh, there's a Red Bull booth or something like that. Like that's, it's not the same and it's not exciting. And it just kind of, it it makes the whole thing feel like it's, it's withering and dying. And that, that frustrates me.
2: And you have to ask yourself if it does wither and die, does the week go, you know, you know, clearly everyone values the week. I mean, I don't know we're assuming. we assuming we, we don't know if playstation are going to do something or anything or not but um ea clearly valued the week and by not supporting that show at the lacc is it not potentially weakening if it, if that, that weakens the show to the point where it can't exist anymore does the week still come on do people still all rush to la to watch a load of conferences i don't suspect so and that's the and that's the thing but i think it's on the esa to find to try and find that magic and um, formula and going back to something i was saying before about ps5 avoiding those direct comparisons um i sort of just another thing of course that happens a lot at e3 you look at xbox one in 2013 um and that e3 xbox lost that e3 playstation won it but more importantly xbox lost it they said the wrong things they presented the wrong things fans didn't like it they they reacted very negatively to it and um you know and e3 is that week where all the journalists are trying to get that sensational quote trying to and asking the hard questions that maybe they don't quite have answers to yet and uh and you know is it is it if you're market leader and playstation is massively in the lead right they've got they've got it to lose right xbox kind of have nothing to lose playstation have a lot to lose is it you know, is it if if E3 is not really exciting you, if you really want to do something with the fans and stuff, I'm not saying this is the reason why they're doing it, but there is something to be said for being, for not losing your advantage, right? For not, um, for not, uh, for not, you know, not, for, for, you know, because the thing is, E3, unlike any other, you know, if, if, if PlayStation did an event to next week and the Xbox did an event in two months' time, the pre, the the, the mainstream, will cover both, but you know, the BBC might not you know the bbc when they go to e3 they'll cover both they'll put both in the same article they'll do xbox versus playstation that will be their big story you know that's what sky will do that's what fox will do you know these guy these these publications that don't cover games very much but do during that week and you know if i don't know maybe i don't there's there's talk about playstation's actually not as powerful as xbox uh, series x but uh, but it's might be faster and you know if, if 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 who knows if those comparisons maybe they don't know if those comparisons are going to work out for them and perhaps it's not always the white. maybe sometimes trying to avoid them in some ways is not the bad is not the i wasn't saying that's the main reason why they're not going to e3 but uh, clearly they want to do stuff with fans and and that kind of stuff although i do think if i was a playstation fan i think i'd be disappointed i mean i am a playstation fan but i'm also a nintendo fan and xbox fan so i've still got a lot to look forward to but if i was a playstation only fan that that week i think i'd be pretty sad um, partic- and, unless, as you say, Rebecca, they do do some announcements. I think I'd be pretty disappointed to, to see Xbox and Nintendo once again getting all the coverage, every, all the fans getting excited about their stuff and PlayStation one, sitting it out.
1: So for the last few years, um, the, like the hardware comparison, PS4 Pro is, is a step below um, Xbox One X, right? Like that's that's been you know my perception. I I generally don't care about um, hardware specs so much, and that advantage that that Microsoft has had seems to be largely uh, ignored. Like people haven't really cared about it, so I think uh, uh, the the silence the silent treatment is maybe an effective strategy if what you're doing is something like what microsoft was planning to do in 2013 which is shake things up if if you're you're gonna you know require an always-on connection if you're you're gonna prevent uh used games from from working on consoles other than the one they were initially tied to things like that then silence i can see being in your interest like maybe hope Play that close to the chest and then spring it on on people a few weeks before launch. Uh, but like this, if if Sony's just saying like, okay, it's PS5, uh, load times are shorter because of the SSD, it's, it's more powerful, and you're going to have, you know, the next Insomniac Spider-Man game and all these great Sony first party things that we did in the PS4 generation, just more of that. Everyone would still buy it, and they would be comfortably, you know, coming out of E3 just fine anyways.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember the last um, E3 they went to, which, you know, they got a bit of a hammering, really, from the media. We sort of uh, – I wasn't there, but a lot of people criticized them um, for that event. They thought it was a bit of a mess. Did you go to it, Brendan? Were you there?
1: Oh, yeah. the, um, the the jumping from big game scene to big yeah. game scene? The Last of Us, yeah. Ghosts of Tsushima. Was Spider-Man one of them? No. Yeah, probably. Anyways. About September.
0: Um, I was at that.
1: How was that, Rebecca?
0: Well, I'm 5'3", and I was sent into a quote-unquote barn um, to watch The Last of Us 2 trailer. And I was somewhere in the middle of the crowd. And uh, the majority of uh, media at that event, turns out, were taller than (laughs) Um, (laughs) 5'3". So I could see about the top of uh, the characters' heads, for the most part. So I, I couldn't really see that trailer. And then I walked from in a, very slowly into another room, and apparently there were some trailers that I missed while I was doing that. And then I finally got into a theater where I got to sort of shuffle around and try to find a, a seat while a music concert of some kind was going on. And then I saw trailers after that, so it was not ideal. The food no. afterward was nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my, <laughs> that's not what I'm there for. But my point
2: was that in that E3, they came off quite badly. I think cross play was a big topic as well, and PlayStation didn't come out looking very good around that either. However, if you look at the numbers, and PlayStation were actually the most popular company at the show. They got like say 80 million um, uh, YouTube views of their games alone, or something crazy like that. And it's just it. it I I think that's that's telling, you know, even actually you people, you think someone's had a bad E3 and then Spider-Man came out and was a huge success. You think someone actually had a bad E3, but what we think is a bad E3 is actually what a bunch of journalists not enjoying moving from one room to the other and a group of people not being that a small group of people not being that impressed. They can't play rocket league with each other with their PlayStation only friends. And then reality, the most people were just really impressed with the new Spider-Man trailer. And right. um, But like even that E3
1: was just a function of them only having four games to show. (laughs) Yeah. So if if they're doing this again for the same reason and they just don't have a whole lot of of stuff to show for the PS5 then that would be a reason but it, I I can't imagine they're that that hard up right now.
2: I can't I can't imagine they've gone 2 years without really showing much at all except for a medieval remake. And they don't have something to show us. Even if the games are one or two years out, right, they must Gorilla must have a new game coming. Insomniac must have a new game coming. They all they all do, right? There must be a new Gran Turismo somewhere. I bet they've got in theory, I bet they've got like an E3 stealing potential if they really wanted to. But um they clearly don't. And I and it's it's um I, I think it's actually a bit of a shame. I, I really like E3. And I know it's an unpopular thing to say sometimes, but I do enjoy that show. I enjoy it as a fan.
0: I love E3 too, absolutely.
2: And and I just I, I I really wish PlayStation were there. I can understand why they're doing it. They seem to be, interestingly, they, their marketing has a vibe of Rockstar at the moment, a bit of maybe even Valve, where they don't necessarily need to do that much PR in order to get maximum impact with their stuff. You know, they're being selective with the media they're sharing stuff with. They're, um, uh, they're doing announcements slowly and gradually, little bits and bobs teases here and there. People are going crazy over every little morsel. You know, just, it's working for them. And, uh, you know, who's to say that, you know, they need to go to E3 and blanket. Do a massive blanket PR coverage thing. Maybe they should do just the way they're doing, which is revealing a lot of stuff gradually, piecemeal and then going to the big consumer shows, going to the PAXes and the Games and the and then and getting getting it in the hands of getting it in the hands of the fans. You know, it might, it might work for them. And you know, Jim Ryan, who's the CEO of the company, he's a marketing guy. He knows this stuff. So um, you know, I. I it's a different approach it's not one we're used to not not one we're used to seeing from PlayStation um, and if anything it's quite interesting but uh, I do think it will be a shame that they're not going to E3 I do hope E3 does is able to find some form of magic formula that pleases more people that the show can return to its former glories I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad I don't think I don't think it's you know I don't think it's gone downhill massively
1: I still think it's a still good show but um, this I, is I, concerning I, yeah. though it is concerning.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I, Activision Blizzard might be not having a booth uh again this year, yes, just based I, on, on I, last I, year. I, I've heard And also
0: Microsoft is off site now. I mean they're still attached to E three, well, they're still, you know, using the name E three, but they're in a whole different building. So the show well, floor uh, is from what I hear looking pretty empty.
2: Well Microsoft is worth it's worth Microsoft Theatre is part of that complex, right? So although it's a different building, it's still part of E three. And if there's also, you know,
1: If you're talking about the atmosphere of the show floor, though, that it does take a hit. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I actually think the atmosphere is better on Twitter. I actually mean it when I say I think E3s are better. E3s are <laughs> better.
0: I am clipping you saying I think the atmosphere is wow. better on Twitter.
2: You will never say those words again, on I On, on forums you. or social media. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean Twitter. Don't mean Twitter. Atmosphere is never better on Twitter. But there's more of a buzz, isn't it? About I think around. Actually, I actually whenever I meet, whenever I sit at the Microsoft press conference, and I enjoy it, and I enjoy the whoop, and enjoy the the spectacle and stuff. I do. Also, find myself on Twitter a lot during that, watching that reaction because actually I find that yep. more entertaining and and, and uh, than I do in the room. I think, as I say, I think E3 is an amazing event for people being at home. I think it's actually better than it is being there. But the the uh, I, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I take back my uh, yeah, the atmosphere on Twitter. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, not not. It's that's mostly not just finest. a
1: noxious cloud. cloud. <laughs> yeah, I do
0: I, as as a. As a journalist, I know I am not the person they are thinking of here, but it is sort of a weird feeling of both relief and frustration looking at this because, so attending in person, attending the press conferences in person is so fun. Like I love doing it. It's also just totally useless from a news writing perspective. It's a waste of time. You can't, there's no Wi-Fi in there worth talking about. You can't get any news written. So that job has to be done entirely by remote teams who are watching online. So attending like, like Sony missing that and only doing a digital conference is, you know, easier, honestly, from just a getting things covered perspective, but missing the on the show floor is kind of a bummer because especially if you only get to go to a couple of events a year. I mean, I, I did consumer journalism before this and trying to preview games, like not having Sony at something like E3 that a lot of people, when you can only attend one or two shows a year, like that's, that's kind of a blow, especially for like kind of mid-level and smaller sites, like as being, as being able to sort of cover as many games from as many publishers as possible. I remember what a big deal it was um, when I was writing for a much smaller site. Um, Remember what a big deal it was to actually be able to go to the Sony booth and play a bunch of games, and then turn around and talk to Sony and be like, "Hey, look, you know, this is this is some work we did. We we covered your games. You know, let's talk." And that that was a big deal for me. I know that's absolutely not remotely in the realm of people that Sony are thinking of, but it is. It's kind of a bummer to see people sort of bow out one by one. Yeah, for, in that regard. And you
2: know, it's also something to be said for, particularly in a, in the environmental crisis that's going on at the moment. You know, do we really want to be doing? hundreds of small events every year or would it be better if we if it we were there were bigger events that uh, that everyone went to one event rather than flew to multiple and um, somebody said to me that actually uh, Michael French who runs Games London he says on a, he pointed out to me that actually when it comes to local events it means that actually local teams don't travel as far or as often but uh so it might not be as bad as i think it is but I, I don't think it's necessarily very environmentally friendly uh doing that i'm not saying that's what sony are doing anyway because we don't know what they're planning because they haven't announced that stuff yet but um i do think actually a central event is good um and uh and uh, we need to be looking at our travel as an industry anyway but uh yeah and uh, yeah I, I i think i think i think i think though as we're going on about it is that actually you know i don't know if Play- playstation don't need e3 i think e3 definitely needs playstation um but um, but it, and and I'm hopefully they'll they'll come back if if they'll if they if they can get something some form of concession. But this is the thing. Like one last year Sony was saying that um, the event should be more like Comic Con with panels and stuff. But they can put on their own panels. This is the thing with E3. It kind of can be what you want it to be. Sure, you might have millions of consumers coming through the door, but. Um, Nintendo treat it like a Comic Con. They put on a stage and just put on a live stream talks throughout the whole event. You know, they do a, they do a video. They don't spend loads of money on great big stadium stuff. You don't have to do that. You know, and you know Nintendo have been really successful at E3. They've made they've pretty much owned the show in their own way. I remember they, they went one year with just one game and they still managed to come out smiling. And it, you can approach it in that sort of different way. You can approach it as an online fan project. But I think if you do that, you have to support the um the event that it's attached to otherwise you know it'll all go away
1: yeah and that that's actually one of the things that i wanted to to talk about is just what happens to the esa um if if e3 just kind of withers because when they when they moved to santa monica for e3 2007 uh the the revenues from e3 went way down and to compensate for that they jacked up member dues by like 17 or 18 times what they had been the year before. And as a result of that, you had some significant publishers leaving the ESA. Um, They reversed course, went back to kind of the E3 of old by E3 2009, and have kind of kept doing it since then. Um, And that, that bold change that they did with 2007, not working out, might be kind of... Uh, fresh in their minds as they try and think about how to reshape E3 nowadays. Um, but, like, they they need more money than they get from just their member dues. And if you starve E3, they're going to have to get that money from somewhere if they want to be an effective advocacy group, which is ultimately the entire point of the ESA. And, l- like, they they have a lot on their plate right now legislatively I think coming coming down the pipe you've got the loot box debate, gaming addiction concerns those could reopen I think the fight over uh, violent video games and minors and so they, they need a, a strong ESA, uh, a strong you know kind of legal arm fighting for the industry's interests and if E three is not not bankrolling that, I'm not sure where else uh the industry is going to be willing to bankroll it.
2: The the model to follow will be U K because U K in the U K they don't have a they don't have a show. Right, they're the big trade body in the UK. They do lots of little things around the UK instead of a, instead of this one big thing. But they also, you know, they also have like 400 odd members, UK, and there's there's different tiers of membership. They have a lot more indie members. They make a lot more money from their membership stuff, and they do other things as well, like education initiatives that they get sponsors for and things. So you know, UK is the model of a of a, of a trade body that can that can sort of survive without having a big central show. Obviously, that requires ESA changing its model, and I'm sure that they will. You know, if their revenue start to fall, they'll have to explore those options. Um, and i'm sure that there's their e3 team isn't small um so they'll they'll you know there, there's those costs and stuff but you know I, I i suspect that that's what they'll have to do because there are the trade bodies i mean that you know do quite well um and they don't have a they don't have a um they don't have E three to, to bankroll them um and in fact if anything it might make them more representative of the industry if they if they do have to start really chasing more members
0: we probably need to wrap up here soon, we're getting a little long on time, but I did have one question that I wanted to ask both of you. And I actually asked you guys a version of this um, on a previous podcast. I asked you if I, I asked you whoever was on the podcast if they thought that Sony was going to come to E three in twenty twenty, and I got, you know, different responses. So what do you think it takes to get Sony back to E three in twenty twenty one?
2: Gamers, I think. <laughs> um, I think I think I think they wanna I think they want a fan show. I do wonder, you know, actually you know what you know what I think if they if they if Sony being E3 is this proves to be such a blow then you know, I think you know. Give it, give the industry side to us. We'll do the industry side, right? Games industry biz. We'll, we'll control the industry. <gasps> That'd be serious. Absolutely, we'll do the industry bit. Get Jeff. It's Keely. in our name. Get Jeff Keeley to do the uh, uh, live stream sort of fan stuff, all that big sort of yeah. stage stuff. He's really I mean, he's good. He said at... to
0: me in an interview that he's working with E three, but he's also been pushing Gamescom to sort of be like yeah. another destination for game announcements. So yeah, he's he's great. He's, he's up to something.
2: He knows how to do that stuff. Let's
0: get him. Let's get.
2: He'll handle that bit, and then get a I don't know a San Diego Comic Con or even our own pen like repop someone like that who run conventions to put on a fan element to it and that's what you've got you've got the fan show you've got the industry show and you've got the sort of online thing and get it to st- stow it all together but the problem is um i think the problem is, is is that legacy and trying to move beyond it whilst uh whilst also keeping that client base
1: yeah my, my answer is just going to be what gets sony back to e3 is a disastrous ps5 launch if if they if they give up uh, momentum to Microsoft noticeably uh, this this year with these launches, then maybe they reconsider their strategy. But if it's working for them, uh, I don't think they really care if you know people will be like, "Oh, it's not like E three of old."
2: Yeah, that's a better answer than any than I could have. Than I
1: uh, that's a good answer. Yeah, but it it doesn't like. Build on the business and get E3 to be part of the ReadPop Pop empire. So, <laughs> I wouldn't I
2: wouldn't say be part of ReadPop Pop because I think they've got enough on their plate.
1: <laughs>
2: but but we'll, I think we'd do a good job.
0: I am very curious to see they they can't they can't go for too much longer without revealing what their strategy the ESA can't go for too much longer without revealing what their strategy is for E3 and there have been numerous problems with it lately beyond just people not showing up so I'm very curious as to what they unveil in the next month or so for this year yeah me too All right. That is probably about all the time we have. You can always go back and listen to previous episodes of this podcast on all good podcasting platforms. Once you're on that good podcasting platform, consider subscribing. So it'll let you know whenever another episode appears and you can and should get your daily dose of news and insight into the world behind games at gamesindustry.biz.